everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. Okay, Julia Woods. Dad Toffer. <laughs> Here we go with the second part in our relationship series. Now we're going to be talking about the three most common mistakes in a relationship. And then we're going to have some befores and afters, but we're talking about common mistakes. Yes. Um, and, and are these, these are things that should resonate with people, right? We make them, they are very easy mistakes to make. We don't usually see that they're mistakes. Oh, that's the rub. Mm-hmm. And so again, our, our audience are, are people that are in a relationship, you know, maybe, maybe your business partners, um, um, lots of photographers and creatives listen to this. So maybe, maybe your business partners, maybe you're not, um, but these are mistakes that are occurring in your relationship. And again, I just, I guess I just found out right now that a lot of times you don't even, you're not even aware of them. You're not aware you're making, uh, we were not aware we're making these mistakes. Most of the couples I work with had no idea they were making these mistakes. Okay. So tell me about yourself for a second, who you are and where people can go. Yes. So I am a transformational coach specializing in relationships. So I spend most of my days coaching couples how to fight for the marriage they long for rather than fight for themselves. Mm Because if you fight for yourself, welcome to loneliness. Uh, If you fight for your marriage, welcome to what you truly long for waiting for you. So um, you can find me best on Instagram, beautiful underscore outcome and direct message me there. You can find contacts to my website, the different things, different ways that we can interact. And um, yeah, that's where to find me. Let's dive into mistakes. All right. Hit, hit me with the, hit me with the big one. Hit me with the first one. Mistake number one, my spouse is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh. Okay. In all fairness, <laughs> I laugh because I can't, I can't even tell you how many times those, almost those exact <laughs> words have gone yeah. through my mind in any given scenario or when we've faced any challenge. It's if she would just not be like this, if or if just, she would just not say this, right. Or whatever. Yes. Right. Yes. If she just, if he wouldn't do that. Right. If he would stop acting like that, if he would stop saying that. (sighs) All right. So take a deeper dive and, and, and open this up. My spouse is the problem. Mistake number one. Okay. So, so it's, it's, if, if you're making this mistake, it just know it's not your fault. It's actually our human reality that it is much easier to see problems in another person Mm. than it is to see it within Mm. ourselves. Okay, so it takes intention for us to be willing to turn the lens around and put it on ourselves. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, as a couple in a relationship, in a business partnership, you're each making choices. And so we often we often look at our spouse's choices and say, well, their choices are the problem, because Mm. if they wouldn't choose that, then I wouldn't choose this. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's give and take. Right. If you'll just stop doing that, I'll stop doing this. Well, also, we don't want to be the problem. We don't want to be the problem. Well, sure. But we'd love to make somebody else the problem. Of course. (laughs) It feels good if somebody else is the problem, but I'm just perfectly innocently over here. Look at all this great stuff I'm doing. I mean, come on. (laughs) Just put a halo on, will you please? I don't need to to put it on. It's already there. (laughs) That's right. And yours is quite crooked. So let me adjust it for you. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. You're a rescuer. (laughs) Yes. All right. Keep going. Keep going. This is good. This is good. Okay. So if you look at what creates change in a human being, right, we all want to change. And so first, if I look at my spouse as the problem, I cannot see what needs to change in myself. We all want to change. Well, 
we all want to change. Like, right. We look at ourselves and we're like, Oh, I, I would love to take better pictures. I would oh. love to edit better. I would love to not get so jealous when my competitor puts an advert out. Sure. It's easy for, Oh yeah. Like we can this. say all that stuff. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. We say right. we want to change. Right. Yes. Right. And I can realize that sometimes I can get bossy with my husband or I can, yeah. you know, I can have, I can blow up at the kids. Right. right. So we right. see these things within ourselves that we're like, yeah, I, I'd love to change that, but we don't know how to change it mm-hmm. most often. Right. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do is discuss the concept of human change and how it actually happens. And that will help you understand why the mistake of thinking our spouse is the problem does not work in marriage. It does not create the marriage that we want or the business partnership that we want with our spouse. Yes. So if you look at change like an iceberg, okay, so human change, look at it as the context of an iceberg. I always get, I get uncomfortable with the iceberg analogy because I know what's coming. (laughs) How do you know what's coming? Because there's just a little piece of the iceberg that's above the water and most of it's below the water. You are so accurate. Well, I that okay. <laughs> okay. Keep going. So, I'm gonna barrel through. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for appeasing me in this. I'm okay? intentionally, <laughs> I'm intentionally pulling myself out of the victimhood mindset. Experience your resistance right now. <laughs> ownership, ownership. I That's am right. valuable and worthy. Let's keep, even though there's this stupid iceberg sitting in front of me again. <laughs> All right. So in an iceberg, 10% yep. above the water. Yep. All right. So that's what I'm aware of. It's what I'm right. consciously aware of. It's what I can see. So I can yeah. see that I can be bossy. Mm-hmm. I can see that I can get angry. Mm-hmm. I'm conscious of it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I might consciously try and change it. I might mm-hmm. be like, okay, I'm just not going to get mad today. Well, that might work for a day or two or, or three, but in time, mm-hmm. I'm going to get angry again, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm focusing on what I'm consciously aware of. Right. But the right. reason I'm getting angry is because it's the best choice I see available to me. Based on what I believe about myself, based on what I believe about others, and based on what I believe about life, when certain things happen, anger is an automatic. Or you think it's the only choice. Exactly. Sometimes you think it's the only choice, the best choice, the right choice. Right. It's just what it does. Right. right. It's just what I do. Right? Who I am. <laughs> exactly. Right. Okay. All right. Right. So in order to create change, I need to get under the iceberg. I need to get into the inner workings mm-hmm. of what's bringing that to be what happens. Right. And the mm-hmm. inner workings are my beliefs and my thoughts. Those are underneath the surface, what I'm unaware of. And if I want to get into, if I really want to create change, when I can begin to own my beliefs and my thoughts and look at them, you know, bring them into the light, bring them into my awareness, then all of a sudden I can create lasting change. So, so for example, anger was a big problem for me. Mm -hmm. I was like a volcano. Okay. So I would explode and then I would feel feel better for a few days, right? Mm -hmm. And it it began to get to this point where my husband and kids would say, oh, there she goes again. Oh. Right? So it was like a three to four week cycle. That always makes it better too, isn't it? When somebody else points it out, especially. It's it's actually very helpful now that I understand more about human behavior. But at the time, it's like, oh, here goes mom again. Well, then, then you just blew up again. Right. And of course, it made sense since it was about every three or four weeks. Oh, it's just that woman thing. Right. Oh, and yeah, all yeah, that yeah. just threw me into yeah, that always you know, makes things better too. More anger, right. right? right. <laughs> so what I was consciously aware of, I started becoming more conscious that, okay, there's a pattern to this. And so when I started realizing there was a pattern, I started looking at it differently. Well, this was all in a series of events that was happening and I was getting to know myself better. Yeah. I was starting to know myself. I was starting to learn how to be with my emotions. Mm-hmm. When things would happen, I would start, I actually started journaling and owning like, okay, what am I feeling right now? Okay. What is that feeling about? What am I, you know? And I started being with things differently. And in about six months time, Jeff said, you don't, you haven't done that thing for a while. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you haven't blown up for a, a while. And I'm like, oh my goodness. You you're right. Up. You didn't blow up because it took him so long to notice. <laughs> 
no, because I hadn't noticed either. It was right. just so right. unautomatic, right? Right. That's great. So, so all of a sudden I understood that what I had done, what was creating lasting change, I wasn't even trying to change that. I was just being with myself, starting to learn who I was more, starting to take responsibility for my emotions. I had gotten underneath the surface and it created lasting change on the surface. Yeah. Right. So when I see my spouse as the problem, I'm seeing something in them that I want to change, but I can't get down into their inner workings. Mm. I can't get down into their beliefs and their thinking. Mm -hmm. Now I can invite them into that, but on the surface, I'm just going to keep pointing at something, which is only going to make them more angry, more frustrated. It's going to continue even more. right? Right. But when I can recognize, okay, if my spouse weren't the problem and there's something going on here in the relationship that I'm not happy with, what are my choices in it? What can I look at in me that is contributing to that and work on me? And then a marriage is like a dance. You, I say one thing, you respond back, you, you, you know, then I respond to that response. Mm -hmm. And so we create this dance. If one person changes their steps in the dance, the dance is not the same. The dance is different. Right. And so that's what happens in a marriage. Mm -hmm. If I can look at me and change my dance steps, the marriage will automatically change. And I often work with couples who they're like, I'm unhappy in my marriage. I don't like working with this person in my business, right? We're married. It's whatever. And they're like, but my spouse has no desire to work on themselves. They don't want to work with a coach. They don't want to read marriage books, whatever. I'm like, Hey, that's no problem. Let's just work on you. And it is incredible marriage after marriage. When one spouse is willing to do the work and they start owning themselves the marriage changes. And often the spouse will wind up coming in and working with me because they're blown away By at the happened. changes they're seeing in their yep. spouse. Yeah. It, so, it reminds me of the, like your story reminds me of the, of the meme where when your wife gets angry, just take a cape and drape it over her shoulders and say, now you're super angry. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes everything better because you do, we are able to see that, that, part of the iceberg that sticks out the top. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. We also have the same thing that that they can see. And then we also have the 90% underneath. And what we, what we can do is see their 10%, see our 10% and deal with our 90% in a way, in a way that we can't deal with their 90%, even if you know, it's there. Because well, you do know what's there. It is. We're human. Right. Welcome to being human. Two humans right. get to get together and decide, right. let's try and be happy together. Right. <laughs> right. So you have that, you have the 90% that you can work on yourself. And what I'm hearing you say is that when you're, if you find yourself this mistake, number one, my spouse is the problem, right? Um, maybe consider, well, what, what else can be true? I still like incorporating that. And what else could be true is that I got some issues in this 90% that I should focus on and maybe prioritize over just pointing my finger at my spouse. Right. Yep. And then you start to do that. And, and, and what are, how, where do you, how do you do that? I mean, obviously people can come to you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But, but I, what I'm, I guess what I'm suggesting is it, you need help. You need help, right? Not always. Sometimes, yes. You can do it by yourself. You can. You really can. I think there are bigger things that we hit where we get stuck. Like Mm. Jeff and I both came from pretty dysfunctional backgrounds. So we we brought a lot lot of people can say that. (laughs) We brought a lot of limiting beliefs into our marriage that we had no idea we were they weren't limiting. They seemed a hundred percent true. Right. Well, and that's the big, okay. So that's the big piece that a lot of people can say that, right. That we, that, and a lot of people don't say that, but in reality could say that, but they don't because they either don't want it to be the case. Yeah. Right. Or they, or, or they're, they're legitimately, legitimately don't realize it. Correct. So you were saying earlier, like we make these mistakes and we don't even know that we're making them right. But we're making right. them like you could be totally blaming your spouse. My spouse is the problem. My spouse is the problem. And you, and you're not even aware of it. Correct. Well, in, well, in order to address a problem, you need to acknowledge the problem. So what, True. 
what about that piece? Like, even if we take a step back, you know, and this circles around, of course, but if we take, what, what about that piece? What if you, what if you are sure that you see things clearly mm-hmm. and in reality you do not? So the easiest thing is to look at your own pain and your own suffering. That's the easiest thing? That, that. <laughs> The the easiest thing is to do the worst thing you've ever done in your life. The easiest way to take, (laughs) to take the blinders off, right? You're saying I got blinders on and I don't see that they're blinders, right? So the easiest way to see your blinders is to look at your own pain and suffering. Okay. And by that, I mean, so, and this works even in a friendship, right? So let's just say that you keep ticking me off. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm just like Jed's the problem. And until mm-hmm. Jed stops saying this certain thing, I'm just going to keep getting ticked off. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I get to look at, wait, I'm the one that's hurting. Jed's probably not hurting at all. Right. Jed probably doesn't even have a clue that he's saying anything that's upsetting right. me. Right. 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 So as long as I look at you as the problem, I'm going to keep blaming you for my pain. Yeah. But when I take responsibility for my pain, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm the one that's upset. I'm the one that's hurting. What is it that I'm telling myself? And mm. I'm telling, let's just, I'm making this up, but let's just say I'm telling myself that Jed does that because he doesn't like me or Whoa. he thinks that this is who I am. Right. 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 So then I can be like, well, is that true? Well, you can make up all kinds of things at that point. Exactly. Well, he's doing this because he's got a vendetta or he's doing this because he's trying to sabotage me or he's doing this. Who knows what the list is, whether it's a friend or a partner or a spouse or right. that, that list can, can, ha- can be limitless. That list can be bottomless if we stay there. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, even if you and I go back to our competition dates, when mm-hmm. we were, our studios were five minutes apart from That's each right. other. Right? right. So you guys would put out some advertisement and you know, here I am like, Oh, who is the snitch? Who is the one going over there and telling them what we're doing? Right. You were convincing yourself of something, right? I was, I was right. So, so then, you know, each time somebody would come out, I'm just like, Oh, like it's (laughs) until they move until they leave this area, I'm just going to keep needing to deal with this unfair competition. Right. 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 (laughs) Right. Until we decided, I decided to realize, wait, I was up the upset and was what I was telling myself even true. Right. Was there a snitch? Right. Were you, did you have installed a cable from your house to my house <laughs> overnight <laughs> that could see my computer? Right. Yeah. So then we talk about it Yeah. and you're like, I'd say, well, you know, how did you come up with that idea? And you tell me where we were on this trip and this happened and this happened. We came up with this idea. I'm like, oh my gosh, we were on a different trip and we saw this and this, you know, it's like, Oh my goodness. We think a lot alike. We're not, no one's snitching. We just have similar creative thought processes. Right. And then it no longer came between us in the friendship. Right. So there, there was a reality, you know, in these scenarios, there, there is this reality. There is this, there's this objective piece that we can take and distort and turn into a perception that, that holds us down or keeps us back, or it's kind of like being held underwater almost. And you're struggling and you're struggling and you're struggling when all you really need to do is just come up for air in a sense, right? right? Right. Cause that's, that air is there. Right. And you're just struggling underwater thinking that somebody's holding you down. No one's holding you down. Except myself. It's it's almost like you're, you're you're dunking yourself in the pool. Yes. <laughs> when really just kick your legs a couple of times and come up into the air, the subjective piece that is actual, the actual reality of the scenario. Exactly. Yep. Okay. And this happens every day in marriage, right? My husband gets out of bed grumpy and I'm like, oh, he's mad at me because, you know, of something that happened. Right. So then I go through my day frustrated because he's frustrated at me. And then together yeah. we get, we get, to, you know, if I can, Stop looking at his, him as the problem and how he got out of bed. I can look at myself and be like, oh, I'm telling myself that he's upset. So then I can check in. Hey, you seemed upset when you got out of bed this morning. What was going on? Mm-hmm. Well, my back is really hurting. And I really, you know, I'm like, oh, had nothing to do with me. You know, right? this, goes, this goes back. I used the analogy in our, our, our previous conversation about how there was a time in our business where we were both blaming the other person. We were having color issues. When we went, yeah. When we went digital. 
Mm-hmm. And I was blaming her on the camera end. She was blaming mm-hmm. me in the post. Pro- we did that for a year and a half mm-hmm. and we were ready to be done <laughs> in yeah. lots of different ways. And honestly, and I, and I look back and I don't know why I didn't do this sooner. It ended up being our lab and they finally told us that it was them, but they didn't want to tell us that it was them for, you know, the, the, the issues that we were having. But I discovered it because I started doing some little experiments with controls and variables. This was way before White House, by the way. So this was somebody else that was not White House custom <laughs> color. It's actually, it's actually how we came to White House because White House nailed it from the mm. very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a un, you know a completely unintentional plug for White House custom color. But before that, it was it was me blaming her and her blaming me. We were both saying my spouse is the problem, yes. and we were both convinced that it was true. And both it, of us was one hundred percent incorrect. And it did right. require coming out of that you know that little toxic bubble that we were right. fo- we found ourselves stuck in to come out of that and kind of say what what else could this be? What else could be true? And we discovered that it was in fact something else. Yes. Well, once we decide we know what's true, right? Once we decide we know our spouse is a problem, we we shut off curiosity. You 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 can't see anything else. Can't see anything else, right? right? We're not going to look anywhere else. But all you did was start saying, well, what if it was something else? What could it be? And you began to work with stuff on your end that you actually had control over, Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's exactly true. In everything in our marriage, whether it's Mm. the socks left on the floor, Mm. whether it's the can't decide on what album company to use, Mm. whether it's the toilet paper on the wrong side, it's facing the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) That's an objective truth, by the way. It is exactly who says which way is right. Come out needs to come out every time. Anyway, according to you, (laughs) well, I think according to Jesus. So I'll just play that card right away. Okay. <laughs> and someday somebody's going to make a thing that goes sideways. Well, so I'm going to meet uh, Jesus and he's going to be like, nope, you were wrong. It's the back. It's totally the back. Take right. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Keep going. I, I try. I have to inject a little bit of levity in here because I get, I get, I get a little nervous about this because this is real because it's real stuff. It's real. Right. It's and it's happening real. all the time and it's happening to bajillions of people. Yes. And it has forever. Yep. I mean, it's not going away. Like this is, we're talking about how things are, right? And what we all yes. have to deal with is, as far as like relation, like relationships go, right? These Again. are the common mistakes that keep us stuck in disconnection in our marriages. Okay. My spouse is the problem. You got to come out of that. You have to consider that there may be something else. And that that, Correct. that could be what are you, you contributing no- Trying to change them is impossible. All you have the power to change is you. And when you change, start working on you, the marriage changes, the the partnership, the relationship changes. When you change the dance steps, the dance changes. I love that piece. Like if your steps change, that dance is not the same as it was before. Nope. Right. I love, I love that piece. And here's the other thing. If we're dancing the tango right now and we decide we want to dance the waltz, it's going to be a little messy. As I start dancing the waltz while you're right. still dancing the tango. Well, the time but... signature is completely different for one thing. <laughs> exactly. We will not be dancing the same dance any longer. No. No. <laughs> It'll be a wango for a while. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> or a taltz. <laughs> Either one of those sounds awful. <laughs> Okay, but that, you know, that there's a little bit of a segue there into mistake number two. Um, And I'm reading it now for for the first time in a while. Arguing is a waste of time and energy because we keep talking about the same things over and over. And over and over and over. You get caught in that cycle, right? (laughs) That that we've talked about. You get stuck there. And that can last for 78 years. (laughs) It totally can. It can. It totally can. It can last can. for a thousand years. Yeah. So let's just get that out of the way because oh. people are like, you know, at some point this is, nope, it never, <laughs> it, that might never, ever change. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So here we are. We, we love each other, right? We recognize we have limited time together. <clears throat> we work a lot. And we have our evenings and we have our weekends sometimes together. And so because we love each other, we don't want to bring up something that we know is going to cause an argument. 
right? So let's come up with a topic, right? So we'll actually use, we'll, we'll, (laughs) people will get sick of hearing about this topic because we'll use it a lot in this analogy, right? But let's say that I decide that my spouse is too, works too much. Works too much. Okay. Works too much. Right. And that when we close shop at the end of the day, we need to be done. But my spouse keeps decides that, you know, when the kids go to bed, that's a great time to, you know, edit a wedding or whatever. The old laptop and start calling through a wedding. That's right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we've talked about this and we know that it doesn't, it's, it's, I'm not happy about it. You're not happy about it, whatever. So this is the hypothetical context, right? Mm -hmm. So we, we, I'm not willing to see it any other way. You're not willing to see it any other way. So why spend our evening upset? You're not going to change this time in this casino, Jed, you're the workaholic. Okay. All right. I'll be the workaholic. <laughs> I, I got to get this done. That's right. It's not going to like, do itself. I'm like, okay, fine. I don't want to go around with you again. Uh, you know, I'm just going to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. So we, in essence, turn that topic into what I call a landmine. And we put it underground. So it's a little landmine sitting there. We know if we touch that topic, boom, we're yep. going to create an explosion, right? Yep. Yeah. So, so then we walk through life and then we come up to the next thing, maybe in-laws. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay? So, all right. I'm not going to see it any different. You're not going to see any different. So let's just bury that one and make that another little landmine. Okay. That then, might be seven landmines. There might be seven of them. <laughs> Just made seven and, you know, there's this thing in the business that we just can't seem to see eye to eye on. So let's just not have another conversation that we say the same things over. Because let's you're just, trying to avoid conflict this whole time because neither to, one of you wants to freaking deal with it. Right. We don't want to. I don't want to make you upset. I don't want you know, I don't want to be upset. Mm-hmm. Let's just not talk about it. So mm-hmm. what winds up happening is we build a land, a field yeah. of landmines. All around you. All around us, right? right? So we come together in the evening to have dinner together. And we got to be really careful walking on eggshells, trying to tiptoe around these landmines. We can talk about the weather. (laughs) Talk about the weather. What's what happened to the kids today? Oh, well, they need to go to your mother's. Oops, we (laughs) hit a landmine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Boom. Uh, (laughs) Right, right. Right. So <laughs> the the problem is difficult conversations. I call these difficult conversations, yeah. right? We're not willing to see it any other way. Yeah. You don't understand me. I don't understand you. They're difficult conversations. Difficult conversations do not go away. They just get harder to have. Mm. Okay. So I believe you. The problem is not that you cannot break through these difficult conversations. The problem is you're stuck on the surface layer of the conversation. You're not getting down to the real conversation. So there's an iceberg again. Another freaking iceberg, Julia. (laughs) Potentially. (laughs) I would say, let's just say the the landmine is buried down deeper. Oh, because we got to stick with the landmine, right? It's underneath the ground, but it's still there. We got to get down to the bottom layer. If we want to pull that landmine out, we got to get it out. Dismantle it. Yes. We got to get down to the deeper layers. I like that better. Right. Okay, good. I know you're you're uncomfortable with the iceberg. Were you less uncomfortable with it a while ago? (laughs) Once you heard it all out, did it it get any more comfortable for you? No, I still don't like icebergs. I still, but I like this. I like the landmine piece because it's there. You can. You can, you can even try to deny it's there. And I think exactly to go back to your analogy, sometimes we're like, oh, you know, if we just, you know, time, what, you know, one of the things that I used to hate hearing time would heal all wounds. No, it no. doesn't. That's a big, <laughs> that's a big crock. It does not. <laughs> the explosive the landmine just gets more. Full I don't know who made that saying up, but they, <laughs> no, they shouldn't be here anymore. I don't like it. They shouldn't have a platform. That's for sure. Okay. I get it. So that, that yeah. landmine is still there. And if yes. you step on it 20 years from now, it's still going to blow your legs off. Exactly. Yeah. Right. However, there is a way to get to it 
right? Uh-huh. And so what we need to understand is the five layers of a conversation. Now, every conversation has these five layers. Many times we get through them in a millisecond, but other times, most times we stay stuck. Any conversation that we keep having over and over and over, it's because we're stuck on the surface layers. So what I'm going to do is walk you through the five layers. And by getting you through the five layers, you'll understand how if you get to a layer one conversation, you'll no longer have the landmine. Okay. So our goal is to get to layer one. Our goal is to get to the layer one of the conversation, which is the real conversation, right? The only reason we're having it over and over is because we're not having the real conversation. So those other layers are kind of like imposters. Right. And we think we're having it, but we're not breaking through. So we're not having the real one. Okay. Okay. So layer five, if you can imagine, like, look at soil, right? So we got the top layer, right? right? Top layer is the surface conversation. Now the surface conversation is known as the shoulds and the shouldn'ts. You shouldn't be on your laptop. You should be oh. spending time with me. Oh. You should get to manage your time better during the day. Right? So it's like begin- I have this sense of morality that apparently you don't have because <laughs> right. I'm telling you what you ought and ought not do. Right. The should I, and the shouldn't piece. We start shooting on one another. We do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like that. Okay. They shoot all over me. <laughs> That's right. Would you stop shooting on me? Quit shooting on me. I'm going to shoot on you right back. You shouldn't be shooting on me. That's exactly what we do. That's how it goes, right? Oh, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. This is, this is mind blowing. Okay. <laughs> but you know, what's funny is that it's also one of those things that we think right away we know you've got this moral high ground, so to speak. But the second, the second those tables are turned, we're like, hey, <laughs> back off there, holier than thou, fruitcake. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about, right? Exactly. So easy to do it. So not comfortable is- when it's coming at you. Yes, exactly. Okay. The shoulds right? and the shouldn'ts. The should and the shouldn'ts. That's shouldn't layer your, five. What are you doing? You shouldn't be on your laptop right now. It's 930. Right. I shouldn't have to tell you to spend time with me at night. Shouldn't have to tell you. I shouldn't have to ask. I want you to want to do the dishes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we just watched that the other night. <laughs> so good. Baby wants five lemons. Baby wants eight lemons. <laughs> the breakup. The breakup. Yeah. Right. All right. So if we can get off of our shoulds. Mm-hmm. We'll move down to the layer four. Yep. Now, layer four is the perceived Perceived facts. Perceived facts. Perceived facts. Right? So this is where I easily go back to blaming my spouse. Mm -hmm. And I begin to decide what's true. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And I don't realize I'm deciding what's true, but I begin to blame you as the problem. Mm. So I just put all my focus on you. Mm -hmm. Right? So if I can decide not to blame you then well, i can i'm using the use the let's let's have a, a real life example i'm still on the okay. one calling in All right so calling it's, on the it's your fault that our marriage isn't exciting because you work oh on your laptop gosh. all the time that is that is a low blow julia <laughs> Right. Okay. But we go there. We do, don't we? Exactly. Our marriage could be a lot better. Right. If you were right over here with me instead of on that desk with that stupid blue light from your laptop. Yep. You don't understand me. I'm I'm going through something really hard. You don't understand me because you're always on that laptop. Mm -hmm. All kinds of perceived facts. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But in my mind, they're a hundred percent true. Oh, you're right. 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 Okay. Right. Okay. So if we can recognize where, where our blame is and mm-hmm. what we're blaming the other person for, mm-hmm. we'll move down to the third layer. Now, the third layer is where I get into the meaning, meaning. the story that I make up based on my perceived facts, mm-hmm. right? So you're ruining my, our marriage by being on your laptop because you no longer love me. Yeah, right. Right. Or you're I'm saying that because that's that's really where we go. Exactly. We, we make up a reason for it. Right. Obviously, right. he doesn't want anything to do with me because he's choosing his laptop over me. Exactly. Mm. 
right? And then the the spouse who's on the laptops got their own meanings of, right, if I was a better photographer, I wouldn't need to work so long on these images, right? right? right. So everybody's got their meanings going Everything's on. Everything's happening simultaneously. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, ultimately there's three areas we make up meaning. We make up meaning, what does it mean about me if this is the scenario? What does it mean about you and what does it mean about the situation, right? Mm. So, so maybe I've decided it means that I'm no longer attractive. Oh, maybe yeah. it okay. means that you're no longer in love with me. Right. Maybe it means that the marriage is falling apart. Right. Right. So I've got all these meanings. Maybe it means that there's somebody else. Like you can go far is what I'm oh, getting yes. at. We are meaning machines. You can get from a laptop at 930 at night. <laughs> To he's got a mistress and he's had one for 27 years. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. <laughs> right. But I got to take responsibility for the meaning I'm making up. Yeah. Right. I got to take responsibility for each of these layers and what it is for me mm -hmm. inside of me. Right. So if I can do that, if I can own what I'm making up, mm -hmm. then I can move to the second layer where I get into my feelings. Okay. Now my feelings. So now it's really starting to get. You went from like something that's relatively existential to like, yes. like right there. We're gradually feelings. going deeper, right? Oh, you just went like way <laughs> deep, real fast. Well, just know that layer three is the tipping point. If I can let yeah. myself, we most often get stuck in the four and five, right? Okay. That's where we stay. Whenever right. we're having a conversation over and over, it's because we're there. Yeah, that's good. If I can own what I'm making up, if I can own the meaning I'm attaching, yeah, right. It's 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 literally an internal shift. I mean, at least you have to consider it a possibility. At least you have to say, you know what? Maybe there isn't a mis a mistress. Maybe I am still attractive. Maybe mm -hmm. you have to at least get to that point where you can begin to consider it. Right. Right. Allow for that. Yeah. Because yeah. then you can get to layer two. Yes which is feelings. Right. So if I can take the responsibility to own what, what I'm making up, it means then I can make up well, then I can get honest about what I feel. Right. So then I can come to my spouse and I can say, I'm afraid that I'm no longer attracted to yes. you I'm or that I'm no that. longer attractive to you. Right. Right. I love you. And I'm afraid if we don't find a different way to spend our evenings, that we won't have a relationship in a year or two. I'm afraid right? you're going to leave me. I'm afraid I'm going to be alone. I'm afraid right. fill right. in the blank. Right. 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 And when I can do that from a neutral place, mm -hmm. it allows us to move into layer one where we become, oh. we begin to have the real conversation, the real because, conversation, which is focus, which is founded in empathy and understanding. Right. If I come to Jeff and I say, look, Here's what I'm telling myself. I'm telling myself that you're not attracted to me and that our marriage isn't going to work out if we don't find a way to do this differently. And that maybe you've got somebody else. And when I think about that, it like, I, I feel like, but I feel you're devastated. devastated. Right. I, I feel, I love you. I want us to be together. I want a thriving marriage. And you know, I'm just being honest that this is what I've been making up. And he's right. what, when I can do that from a neutral place, which happens is well, like, and, and does neutral look like, does neutral look like this to me and or, or to you? And I'm going to use it as an example because you're saying a neutral place. I, I feel like this, this, and this. And you know, when you're on your laptop, it triggers that. I'm not saying that, that that's what's happening. I'm not saying right. that you do have someone else. I'm not saying that you even don't find me attractive in reality. I'm saying this is how I feel. Yes. And, and I can go back through all these layers and yeah. I can go right back to what I, you know, for me is the trigger. I, and, and so I'm not even saying you are wrong or you shouldn't be on your laptop. I'm not right. saying that anymore, but that's where right. I begin. And it leads all the way down to this. And it yes. comes down to, I am terrified of this, 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 or this. Right. Because I can talk about my feelings in layer th four and five. I can right. say, you make me so angry. Right. right. That's right? so, that's what I wanted to get at. Right. That's so, so different. That's not being neutral. No, 
Neutral right. is I'm no longer bl- looking at you. Mm-hmm. I'm owning what's happening in me. Just on your, just at yourself. Right. And right. when I can own that, Jeff can become a human hearing my humanness. Well, because he's not being attacked for one Exactly. Thing. And because you're really presenting it as more of a con- of a confession. Exactly. Rather than uh, an, like it's you, you, rather than blame. Exactly. Right. 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 And he oh, can have good. empathy for those feelings. He can understand. And then we can have a real conversation. Right. Because empathy is not even, it's not even possible when you're being attacked, like in a no. war, there's exactly. no empathy there. Like, but if you come to him with a confession, empathy is possible. Yes. You're making it possible for him to empathize with you yes. in the first place. Yes. Yes. Got it. And then we can say, you know, uh, we can be like, wow, okay, that I that's not what I want for you. I didn't can even we talk realize about that. I didn't even right? know that was happening. Exactly. Exactly. And then we can talk about how to move forward in new ways where lasting change can happen. Well, because this also is striking me. I don't want to keep interrupting you, but you're, I mean, I got neurons are firing all over the place. (laughs) I'm thinking to myself what that also in our, in our little analogy, what that also might lead to is him saying, I had no idea that was going on. You want to know what's going on in my head when I'm sitting over there is how horrible I am at photography and how I, I'm not making this work and I need to do better here and we're struggling here. And if only I was better, Yes. Right. Yes. And then I can have empathy back. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I understand Mm. why you would now want to spend all the hours on your laptop. It has nothing to do with me. Okay. So how do we come together and partner in this? Yeah. Right. Then you're in a position to actually deal with the issues, object, the the objective issues, right? Not all the crap that we make up because of our fear, because of our bitterness, because of our anger. Any one of the reasons, right? Exactly. Because this is not about the laptop. This Mm. is about your insecurities and my insecurities. Yeah. Yeah. And we we can get down to our insecurities and find, create a safe space to be human. Mm -hmm. Talking about our humanness. Mm -hmm. We can connect in a way that we see the gift of each other in our lives. Mm -hmm. And we understand there's just energy, there's joy, there's appreciation, right? There's lasting change that comes out of those conversations, right? And any conversation that we get stuck on, this is what's there. There is a human real so, conversation so when you reach that discovered. point when you reach that epiphany together in our in our given scenario here after you're done crying and holding each other and making sweet love where do you go <laughs> where do you go then because okay like there is that epiphany piece and you right. have that realization and you've actually gone through these layers right right what what then then, well, then you're then you're at the point where you can have the real conversation okay what do we do Right. Right. What do we need? Mm -hmm. If you're really wrestling with your ability as a photographer, what is it that you need? What's the what's the bottom of that? Like, Mm -hmm. is it really a belief that you have about yourself? Is it a lack of training? Is it you know, what is it that you need? Right. Right. And for me in myself, it's like, well, when you spend when we don't have any nights together, then I feel very lonely. Okay, so what do you need? Well, you know, could you limit your evening hours to two nights a week? Right. Well, yes, I could do that. Right. right? Or could we have a date night on Tuesdays and the kids are at your mom's or can then come together and try to solve the real issues? Yes. Because then you're dealing with the real issues. You're trying to solve those together as, as the team that you really want to be to begin with. Exactly. And then you connect and like, oh my gosh, this is why we love each other because- We have an ability to be with one another and, and know and be known. This is the, the, that piece of knowing and be knowing when I can, you know, be in my nakedness as a human, right? That's what draws us closer together. Well, and there, and there are tremendous, we, we, we've mentioned this a, a few different times during these conversations, but then there's a, there's a tremendous sense of, of dual or consensual or complementary progress and accomplishment, right? When yes. you, when then you see that start to play out. When then the next week, I'm only on my laptop a couple nights a week. You know that that Wednesday and Thursday I'm going to be doing this. You know I got to get this wedding done, right? Tuesday 
or Friday, maybe, you know, Friday's our date night. It's fantastic. Right. That it's so then the, the part of the unknown is kind of stripped away too, because you've exactly. come together and you've worked that piece out. Yes. And then on the other side of that, I mean, the sense of accomplishment that you can both feel together is so rewarding. Is it not? Yes. Yes. And if we're in agreement that on Wednesdays and Thursdays, you're going to work on your laptop, then I can take a cooking class I've been wanting to take on huh. Thursday night oh, or so whatever. Right. Point. Like great it's point. like we right. both come into life in right. new ways simply right. because we got off of you know, the lay, the top layers where I'm fighting for myself. Right. 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 And I move down to the lower layers where I'm fight. We're fighting for each other and we're fighting for the relationship we want. That's brilliant. I I figured out, I I feel as though we just essentially figured out 87% of all the problems of, of couples throughout history. We just did it. There it is. We solved the world. (laughs) We solved the world's problems. (laughs) But However, not all of them. I say 87% because I needed to leave a little bit room, a little bit of room for mistake number three. Well, hang on. Let me tell you one. Oh, there's more mistake number two. We're not done solving. Okay. Just one amazing thing about mistake number two is when I can really get to the layer one conversation, I don't only stop or avoid making a landmine in that moment. I actually begin to start cleaning out old ones. Oh, you go and address the other ones too. Because they're often connected. Yeah. And right. So when I can be human in that moment with my spouse and we connect on that level, all of a sudden we gain new ability to have other conversations we haven't been able to have. Well, you have a confidence at that point, right? Like exactly like a complimentary or a, a dual confidence where you, hey, you know what, there's right. this other thing and you and you kind of experienced how to do it. There's yes. such a vulnerability there, isn't there? It is. Isn't there such a vulnerability there? It's getting they, undressed. You, emotionally you and mentally right. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> right right truly but okay. that's the beauty of it yeah that then you then you're more equipped you're certainly more prepared and then you have that confidence to then also uh look into those other landmines and you right. first consider that they're there and then right. well there's one and then well because when i yeah. heal in this situation and i realize oh i'm making it about me I need to work on my self-esteem, right? So when I grow my self-esteem, all of a sudden, the topic about uh, in-laws isn't a landmine to the same way right. because I'm growing my- You're growing yourself. Myself right? and yeah. my belief in myself. And so it starts dismantling other landmines. It's legitimately not as scary or terrifying because you're in a better place of growth. I feel yes. like I feel like we're talking about the hope piece. There's the- the suffering leads to perseverance, uh, builds our character and gives us hope. I feel like that is such a big mm-hmm. piece of the hope when you go through that process and yes. then knowing that now you're better equipped to deal with all the other stuff based right. on what you did here. And when you do the next one, you'll be better equipped to deal with the other ones. It's not, yes. I don't think that it necessarily gets easier because they're still difficult, but you are certainly in a better position, especially together to deal yeah. with the other stuff. Yes. Fair, is that fair to say? Yes. And I can tell you in Jeff and I's business, I mean, we fought about a lot of things Yeah. and a lot of disagreements. But when we began to learn how to have the real conversation, mm-hmm. what we began to discover is the real conversations was our own sense of inadequacy mm-hmm. as artists and our competition. Mm-hmm. As business partners, we competed with each other for approval mm-hmm. and for the pat on the back. And because we were in the same business, we saw we saw each other as the one that was getting in the way of the approval right. I needed, right? Right. Right. And right. so it, it, when we really began to learn how to be humans together and getting down to that real, real conversation, we could talk about things we'd never, you know, what, what, what do you do in this human experience of jealousy? Mm-hmm. What do you do in this human experience when I love you so much, but I want to have the print. I want to have the image that my client says with their favorite image from yeah. the wedding. Right. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, yeah. we entered the same album competition or print competition, but I'm mad because you got grand award and I got first place. Right. <laughs> yeah. So the, this yeah. humanness yeah. comes up in an yeah. artistic business that knowing how to have the real conversations is vital for it not it literally was it literally almost pulled us apart 
and destroyed our business. Well, I, ran, I don't know how many times I ran into people where one of them was getting the attention. Oh, yeah. You know, one person is getting, and this is in business, this can be just in, you know, in life. And for whatever reason, one person is getting attention and the other person's not getting it. And they perceive that they deserve more or they're bitter about all this attention that one person is getting and they're not getting. Yes. And, 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 and seriously, how many times also does that, is, is that not, they're not cognizant of it. Exactly. Too, right? Exactly. We don't know that's what's happening. They're bitter and they're angry and they don't even know they're bitter and they're angry. Like that's right. That's, that's, right. that's, that's always the worst part. They don't even know it. Right. We'd be at a wedding. We'd be at a wedding and, and we'd walk into a scenario with a bride and groom and I'm seeing something I want to create and he's seeing something he wants to create. And we're fuming at each other for the rest of the day because he decided he got to go first. I'm like, how do you decide you're going to go first? Why? You know, but underneath it, it was like, I want the attention right now. Right. Right. right? But we, or we I want- should be getting the attention. I should. I should. You shouldn't step in front of me. You shouldn't have said that to the bride and groom, right? Right. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It doesn't end. No. Here's the other piece that I, I, I think the hope piece as well for me is that the, it's not like when you go to the next landmine that there isn't going to be struggle there or suffering there. Like it's, you're, you're certainly in a better position to, uh, to deal with it. Right. And to face it. But it, that doesn't mean that there isn't going to be struggle there. But I feel like the hope piece of, of dealing with that first landmine is that if you're struggling and struggling and struggling, right, if you're climbing a rope or whatever, or pulling a rope and pulling yourself up to know that there is that the surface is there, you, you will emerge, right? Yes. It's not going to be yes. easy. There's, it's not going to be without struggle or suffering, but the hope piece is that you will emerge. You got to keep going and keep working at it together but you right. will emerge. Cause I think a right. lot of times we convince ourselves that we won't, this or is that good there as it's is no get. end. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the great thing is as you learn to have these human real conversations, you just stop building future landmines, right? You, you yeah. see when That's they're the happening, right. you see when you're starting to come up, to those layers, you catch the shoulds and the blame and the meaning, and you just come out with it much quicker. Or if so, you start, or even if you did get to the point where you built it and you're starting to bury it, you can be like, oh, wait, nope, let's just go ahead and exactly right, right, hmm. Hmm. yeah. Oh, I like these metaphors and these analogies, they help me a lot. <laughs> <Well>, you've <laughs> known me for a long time. You know- <laughs> everything's a picture to me. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It helps me. It helps me. I, I learned that way. Okay. So can we move on to three now or not? Is it mistake number three, three, three. Not, okay. Mistake number three. We don't need help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I already have like all these conflicts going in my mind. Like, yes. I heard a client tell me the other day, she was, she was working in one of her exercises that I was having her do. And she said, I realized that for years, what I've told myself is our marriage isn't great, but it's better than every other marriage. Mm, I know you're comparing it to other people, right? Right. So she said, what I realized was happening is I was convincing myself. We didn't need to get help with the struggles we were having because at least we were better than my sister's marriage who was falling apart or my parents' marriage who couldn't even talk to each other or because we enjoy going on vacation together. We're, we're, we're doing better than everybody else. We're doing all right. 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 So we often, we make up these stories, right? So I hate, I really despise the word help, right? Cause I don't, I don't think that anybody needs help, but I do think that, you know, if we, if we look at these stories that we tell ourselves, like uh, here are some of the common stories, like, well, when Jeff and I were butting heads and shutting down and it was getting more common and we were building more landmines, we we told ourselves, this is normal. This is just, this is how marriage is right? This is just how it is. Mm -hmm. Or for the years that I was unhappy and Jeff kept saying, this is normal. This is how it is. Right. I'm like, well, until he wants to get help, I'm stuck. You're stuck. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But it it was when I started working on myself, when I started getting, owning what I needed, that the marriage began to start changing. Mm. And another common one, Jeff and I told each other is that 
well, it's embarrassing. Like we're not going to tell somebody we just had our hands around each other's necks and we're literally trying to choke each other, right. you know, right. or we're not going to tell each other, someone else that we're jealous of each other. We just need to stop being jealous, you right. know? Right? right. So, but what those things do is they, we're going, we're going to go to the iceberg again, Jed, uh, okay. is it focuses, it keeps us on the surface where we can create behavior there, right? modification. Yeah. I can change for a day or two or two weeks, mm -hmm. but before long, I'm right back to the same place. I've heard that described as white knuckling. Yeah, okay. That's a, just, good, that's a good analogy. Hold on. I can hold on. <laughs> that's right. For only so long though. <laughs> that's right. That's and then right. a lot of times on the other side of the white knuckling, you're so spent yep. and so beaten up, Yep. right? that you're not even in a very good place. Even if you do get to a point where you're at the bottom of the barrel and you, and you recognize the problem, you're not near, you're not as near in a good enough place or as good a place as you would have been pre exactly. white exactly. knuckling. Right. And in that white knuckling, I, my desire to be right becomes even more strong. Yeah, so I just get, yeah, yeah, I yeah. just get more right that my husband's just an, a-hole or my wife's yeah. just a controlling yes. conniving yeah. you know yeah i know that so, word too yeah so then to get to you know getting to the real you know getting the support that you need becomes right. why would i right. i i just i know i this is just how my spouse is there's and, spite there almost too yes yes right yes like you almost stay there to hurt the other even at the expense right. of your poor victimized self. Right. Yep. Ooh, that's a gross place. <laughs> yes. Yes. I've literally coached couples. You, you might be surprised. <laughs> I've coached couples who one spouse comes in so sure that they are there to support their spouse because their spouse <laughs> is never going to change. Right. Right. right? right yeah. So I've done everything. I've oh, done yeah. all these things. Now I just need you to get my spouse to change. Yeah. And they're so sure they're it's never going to happen. Yeah. They, it's like you're, you and them are on a team. Like right. Exactly. We, we right. got this. You and me, we'll, right. we'll take care of him. Well, then the spouse starts changing. Right. Right. So now like, the, the other... <laughs> Right. So I've literally watched it end in divorce several times. Oh, that's devastating. Because the other spouse is like, they were so proud right. of right. their knowledge that the other person would never change. And they were the problem that once the spouse changes, now they're faced with their need to change. Yeah. Well, that was never a conversation well, the they were ready piece, to have. Right. Now they're waltzing. Yeah. And what they really needed to do was learn how to tango right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's it's really shocking how as human beings we will destroy our marriage, we'll destroy our business, we'll destroy our our life in order to make ourselves right. Oh wow! Right? Yep. Yep. If I've decided that my spouse is just the problem, which is part of mistake number one, but that's also a part of why we decide we don't need help. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, getting help would be a waste of time because they're the problem and they're ne they'll never change. We actually, out of that spite, out of that contempt that we get out of trying over and over to white knuckle change, mm. we wind up burying ourselves in the very thing we said we never wanted. Right. And all the while, we get to be right. See, I knew I shouldn't have married this person. See, I knew marriage doesn't work. See, I knew right. I, I still was right. too young to get you're married. You're still right at the end of all of that. You can still exactly. be right. Yep. And that's what you get. Ooh, ooh, that's chilling almost. If you want to be right, welcome to loneliness. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this, I, okay. I got to pull myself out of that because that, that really strikes me. It does. It, I, 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 that really can resonate with me because I've found myself in horrific places because I chose being right and made oh, yeah. it so that I was right. And, you and, and I sacrificed you and I everything have... as a result. You and I have a few similarities in our personality, and I think yeah. that's one of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we right. can grit our teeth right to rightness Ooh. and be pretty miserable the whole, we can, whole life. We can white knuckle for a while. <laughs> yeah. To our own yeah. detriment the whole time. Yes. So, no. so, so keep going with the we don't need help because I think it's, okay, I think it's important to, to keep it going. So when we're in the midst of it as humans, we easily get blinded by our need to be right. But if yeah. we can get off of our rightness and just say, if we did need help, 
would we want to know, right? If there was help available, would we want to know? Would it be worth not needing to deal with the same thing over and over? But, you know, and we think that way, if you think about like in nature. So my, my belief is I, my experience is that marriage is a living, breathing entity. It's either living or it's dying. Right. And if we think about in the context of our yard, if we have this tree in our yard, by nature, we just nurture the tree. We look at it. We notice, oh, wow, you know, the the tree has got extra dead branches in it Mm -hmm. or wow, there's a fungus growing on the bark or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's losing leaves out of season. Mm -hmm. Right. If I don't want the tree, then I let it die because it's going to be easier to take out. But if I want the tree. I call in a specialist to help me understand what I don't understand about what's creating these symptoms right? so that we can give the tree what it needs to, to interrupt the symptoms and help it grow again, mm-hmm. right? Our marriage is exactly the same. Our marriage doesn't die overnight. It starts showing symptoms of death. We start butting heads and shutting down more common, mm-hmm. right? We keep criticizing and blaming each other more and more. Or we keep having more landmine conversations that we can't seem to break through. Mm -hmm. Now, these are just symptoms that the marriage is starting to die. Mm -hmm. And if I don't want the marriage to die, then, you know, I simply am willing to call in a specialist who can help me understand what I can't see about what I'm what these symptoms are about. Well, but because it's it's like you said earlier, it, it is a lot easier for us to see issues in other people. Yes. As, as opposed to our own stuff. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so are you saying you, you just get somebody that you trust or you get somebody that's, um, that, that's in a position who's qualified to help you well, through the, the process? That's that interesting. Mean? Cause a lot of couples will have white knuckled getting help and they'll come to me and they'll say, Julia, we had a specialist. We called in a specialist. We called in a marriage counselor and it didn't work. So, the, the thing is, is that if you really love this tree in your yard and somebody comes in and they're like, sorry, it's just, it's done. It's not going to go anywhere. You're probably going to call in a second person, right? Mm-hmm. You're probably going to get a second opinion. But in our marriage, we often use the counselor as, see, I knew it. Our marriage is just not solvable. Our marriage problems are just not solvable, right? Or that, or that counselor was the problem or that counselor was, the, or counseling itself is the problem. Like we right. still want to be, we still stay in this victim piece where we're, we're blaming someone or something else. Yes, yes. So Jeff and I went, did counseling and there is reasons that the counseling was supportive and needed. But for the piece of the communication that our communication kept breaking down, the the counselor wasn't really what helped us. What we needed was a system that could hold us in conversations so that we would know what to do when we started spinning out or when we couldn't break through a conversation, right? So for, for Jeff and I, we found that support within coaching was very different for us than counseling. And secondly, you know, we just began to, for our own selves, build a system that we could turn to when we'd start getting off track. And the third piece for us that was very different than a counselor that helped was community. Because, you know, if you think about marriage for generations, when you came into a marriage, up until probably a hundred years ago, when you came into a marriage, you came into a family unit Mm -hmm. of marriages who had been married all different lengths of time. Mm -hmm. And so you saw people, you had to over figure out how to overcome and break through differences or you didn't survive. Right. Right. You're not going right. to eat if you don't figure out how to farm. Yeah. Together. The consequence was literally death. Exactly. And so you were with couples of all different ages of links of marriage. Mm-hmm. You had grandparents who could teach you the distinctions of how to break through in conversation. Mm-hmm. You saw people overcome, you know, somebody has a miscarriage. How did they overcome that together? Right. Somebody loses a child. How do they overcome that together? Right? right. So you saw the really devastating things of life happening and you watched And you supported each other as you went through those things. Mm -hmm. Now, in today's world, we get married, we go inside our four walls and shut the door. And somehow we're supposed to figure it out on our own. Right. We don't exactly. We don't go out to dinner with our friends on a date night and say, hey, man, we can't get along. How do you guys get along? Right. Right? We just put on our happy faces and act like we're all fine. Right. But 
I believe that marriage is designed to grow in community. That's where we grow best. And I think the sequoia tree is my favorite analogy. It's, it's my favorite tree. They grow stronger and taller than any other tree. And it's because of how they grow. A normal array, other trees, their roots go down so they can, they can stand on their own. Sequoia trees, their roots grow out so they intertwine with one another and they support one another. Mm. And that's why they grow taller and stronger than any other tree. Mm. And I believe that's how marriage is. We're designed to grow in community and, and support one another to create thriving marriage in order to create thriving marriages. Mm. I like that idea. I think the execution can be brought with its own challenges, right? Sure. Sure. Right. It's not, it's not easy at this no. simple concept, but not easy, not easy to carry it out. Um, I'm, I, I'm looking at the three-part communication renovation system. Is that part of this? Yes. So that's the system I built through the years were, in my, that you were discussing, right? Yes. In my own marriage, I began to realize, wait, wait a minute, if Jeff's no longer the problem and I get to take responsibility for me, mm -hmm. I need a system that can help me begin to discover what are, what is creating my anger? What is bringing me to want to control? How do I get down to the layer one real conversations? Mm -hmm. What do I do when we start spinning out? Right. And so I began to put resources together in a process where you walk through three phases that begins to transform the communication. It's a it's communication renovation process. So if you're you know, often when a couple gets married, the space between them, it's beautiful. They want to hang out in it all the time. Right. But then as life goes on, a little bitterness gets dropped in the middle of the floor and a little shooting gets dropped in the middle of the living room. And, so you know, all of a sudden <laughs> our space is in a space we really love hanging out in that uh -huh, much. Right. Uh -huh. So I got to renovate the space between us. And so I've created a three step renovation process that renovates the communication. And my desire is I believe that family marriage is the foundation of a society. And as strong as the marriage is, is as strong as the society. And if I can teach a couple to really communicate in a way where they can consistently get to those real conversations, they can work through anything together. Okay. And so what we have, what we have before us is that we have these three phases, right? And this is all, this is all part of the, uh, the three most common mistakes in a relationship, right? Because <laughs> we have these three phases in this system. And then we have befores and afters, right? Well, yeah, befores and afters really describe kind of what the couples, what Jeff and I experienced and what the couples that go through this process experience before and after. And, and the, the, the link between the before and after is this system, the demo yeah. phase, the construction phase, and the development phase. Yep. Okay. That's what we should talk about on the next segment. Okay. Is that cool? Sounds great. Okay, I'll be ready. <laughs> Thanks for this. You, 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 lots of things are spinning and lots of things are firing in my brain right now. Good. Uh, okay, I appreciate it. We're going to get into that on the next one. Okay, thanks, Jed. Thanks, Julia.